Welcome to Vanguard Radio. The Aryan Alternative. News and views for whites you won't find anywhere else. The Aryan Alternative is a print publication of uncensored news for whites. Be the first in your neighborhood to distribute news without the Jews by ordering 100 copies for $12 through the Vanguard News Network. Visit GoVNN.com for ordering information. The Aryan Alternative and the Vanguard News Network. No Jews, just right. Welcome to Goy Fire. We have a special guest in the studio tonight, uh, one by the name of Peter Shank from RBN Radio. You may remember had Alex on his program, The Peter Principle, not too long ago. In fact, there's a link, govnn.com, at the top of the page. You'll see a link to the interview. Uh, Peter's in the studio tonight because he was fired, and he was fired because he decided to have the NSM on his show. And this after having Alex on the show was apparently too much for RBN. So uh, Peter's here, and he's going to um, let us know his side of the story. Uh, Peter, um, being that you're our special guest tonight, perhaps we could get right into the heart of the matter. There have been reports that you have been fired from your previous job uh, as as radio host. Perhaps you could tell our listening audience a little bit more about that. Certainly. Um, first of all, I want to say hello to, to Alex and Byron. Hello. First, thank you. Hey. Yeah, I just want to say hello and uh, thank you, Aegis, for having me on the on your show, Goyfire. Um, with regards to my previous job at RBN, the Republic Broadcasting Network, uh, I was, my show was pulled because I interviewed Bill White from the National Socialist Party. This was shocking to me, considering RBN touts itself as uncensored radio because you can handle the truth. But obviously that's not the case because they've implemented a censorship policy with regards to white political groups, specifically white political groups, not communists, not Zionists, not the nation of Islam, but white political groups. This just doesn't float in my book. I mean, when you, when you join a network that claims to be uncensored, and they don't pay you anything or, or very little, you at least want to be able to uh, do your show your way. And that was not the case at RBN. Yeah, that uh, is pretty shocking to hear because uh, a lot of uh, white politics uh, are, are at least um, used by, by media networks uh, uh, for the sake of ridicule. For example, uh, Jerry Springer show, it, it brings in ratings. Um, and the NSM, uh, I'm really shocked to hear that they thought this was such a dangerous group uh, that that they actually pulled your show because of it. Well, what's even more interesting is the fact that Bill White was on many other major new shows discussing the same topic, which was the Toledo riots. He was an eyewitness down there, and uh, we had him on the show to cover a hard news story. It wasn't to get him on there to spread propaganda or to say how great Nazis are. That wasn't the issue. The issue was there was rioting in Toledo, and it was being blamed on, on the white people that were actually the victims of this of this uh, Toledo riot. It was about Polish people down in uh, uh, Toledo. They they had posters 
pinned upon their doors saying, move out or we will kill you. That's what the local black gangbangers were doing to these old Polacks. And I haven't, I haven't heard uh, anybody from Justice say anything about that at all. You know, they, they who came after no. VNN for a classified ad for one adjective for two years or pursued us. And they haven't said word one about that from what I've seen. Have you seen anything else in the news on that? Well, that's why I had Bill White on, because all the news, all the news org- organizations were trying to make it look like Nazis were down there causing the whole riot. And there actually some stories even presented the Nazis as the ones looting and rioting. Yeah, that's which true. Which is just un- unbelievable. They had that so one I headline had... that stayed up there for a while that said that the Nazis were the ones rioting, and then they took it down. I guess a couple yes. of days later. I ran that on my website, and and uh, yeah, well, the point is, is that there, these are desperate times, and, and uh, when you have your when you have news organizations or let's say our Republic Broadcasting telling the talk show hosts you can't have anybody from Vanguard News, you can't have anybody from the National Socialist Party, you can't have any KKK. Basically, those are the white groups. Those are the groups that are the white political groups. Just like blacks have their groups, the Mexicans have La Raza, well, white people have a political group as well. But you're trying to tell me now that the message of white people is so dangerous that these so-called patriots won't even run a guest on the show that represents a white group. This is absolutely incredible to me. What I've always said is that uh, whenever you see an eagle and a flag, you can almost cynically predict it's purely marketing. They will not stand behind it. At least I've never seen anyone who claimed they were a libertarian or or patriot stand behind it. I mean, they it, it always means you know freedom for everything, basically to Republican and, and to the left. The funniest part of the whole thing is that the patriot movement is is very powerful in Texas. That's where RBN is located. Texas is like the epicenter of the patriot movement. But yet the patriots don't want to associate themselves with any white groups. Now, mm-hmm. the, the, the ludicrousness of this is the fact that you're not going to find any support for the Constitution or the Bill of Rights and the Founding Fathers, which is what the patriots claim to uh, uh, support. You're not going to find this in any minority groups. There's no support for these ideas in the major minority political groups. Raza doesn't care about George Washington. Nation of Islam doesn't care about Thomas Jefferson. But yet here are the patriots looking for minorities, thinking they're going to march arm in arm together and fight the new world order. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they're, they're yeah. fighting for their race, and they're fighting to take basically more money from white earners. And anybody who resists this, all of a sudden you're the bad guy. And there's only one effective, one effective basis to resist it, which is racial. And, you know, we, we always fight as individualists, but the minute we turn to say, look, let's band together as a race and fight these other races that are eating us alive. And then I guess the, <clears throat> what do you attribute to? Basically commercial motives more than political? Absolutely. Or, yeah. Absolutely commercial. They want yeah. to sell gold. They want to sell, uh, the various snake oil products. That, are, that they tout on the air, and they don't want to offend anybody because they want to sell these products. This mm-hmm. is what the Patriot Movement has turned into. It's one big uh, sideshow at a circus with a guy selling a, a – it's like a medicine show. It's a big mm-hmm. medicine show. That's all it is. Yeah, I noticed that, like, you look in the old spotlight and uh, the – What's the other paper that Cardo puts out now? Uh, yeah, American Free Press. I mean, it's got a lot of a, a, a lot of crank healthcare ads. I've never understood fully why that, that connection between those two things, but it seems to be pretty strong. Well, they're desperate for sponsors because it does cost money to run these networks. It mm-hmm. does cost money to run a newspaper, and they need sponsors. And what's happening is the major sponsors will not advertise with patriot groups because they think they're racist. Yeah, so which is the irony of it. Wouldn't these type of controversial topics bring in the ratings that these advertisers are looking for? Absolutely. So there, therein lies the $65 million question. If it's not about money, what's it about? It's obviously not about money because you're absolutely right. Ratings sell. 
if you have these white groups on and you create controversy, you're going to get good ratings. So you sell more products in the major media. But the major media doesn't want that for some reason. And maybe that's because they have an alternative. They have another mm-hmm. agenda. Another agenda they're trying to push. I believe it is. I believe today corporate America is more concerned with social engineering than they are selling products. And, uh, the major ones certainly have all kinds of diversity. I was talking with someone who worked for a Fortune 500 and you know, was sick of all the training they had to go through. They said, you know, they're given, they're, they're taught to call something that isn't even politically incorrect, but it's starting to verge in that direction. They're supposed to go, hey, Joe, that's a red box statement. It, and yeah. this is at a pretty low level. That, right. Well, look at all, what diversity and affirmative action do to corporate America. They're also, these are also political programs uh, that are focused on social engineering and have nothing to do with productivity, with uh, the climate in the workplace, with uh, values of, of uh, traditional values of industry, which means making a good product uh, or, or having pride in your work. Uh, these are, are areas where I think libertarians and, and white ethnic movements uh, have a lot of common ground. Well, in my opinion, the white ethnic movement is important not only because you, you don't want to see a race just disappear off the face of the earth any more than you want to see a, an animal, uh, a specific species of animal, disappear but right now what you're witnessing the white race is is committing suicide it's it's being we're being uh, uh eliminated off the planet but it's not just a racial issue in my opinion i know we differ on this possibly but in my opinion it's more than a racial issue white people are western culture western civilization that's what white people created when white people are gone Western civilization goes with them. Then you're back in the Stone Age, back to barbarism. Mm -hmm. What you see in Africa, what you see in South America, Mexico, that's what's going to be left all over the world when white people are off the planet. That's why it's it's more than racial. It's a cultural issue as well. Well, certainly. I mean, people produce the kind of culture they're capable of producing, and we know what that means in black terms. Look around St. Louis and the different areas. (laughs) All right, not just St. Louis, but any major city, and you can see, oh, here's the Mexican area, here's the black area. Is that how you want to live? People say no, but they don't. People don't control the government, and the supposed private private media that are supposed to be keeping an eye on the government don't do it. They're in cahoots with the government, and then the, the few who try to eke out a living as patriots on the side or provide some genuine alternative are quickly realize they can't get any sponsors unless they uh they put up a they put up an opposition but it can't oppose them on anything major and that that it comes down to race what, what do you see in the future i mean do you see more people now you've taken a principled stand but i don't see that very often i like i said i basically you're the first one who's a patriot constitutionalist who has actually followed through and defended the liberty people. I, I can't. I mean, you don't see that at Free Republic. You don't see that anywhere else in the Patriot side. I and mean, what do you what, what do you see in the future? Do you think there's going to be more people headed the white way, or do you do you see some kind of movement in the white direction? Just because people say, well, nothing else works, and we're we don't care if they're going to stigmatize us or or not. Do you think it'll keep just going along as it has? I think you're going to definitely see a a disintegration of the Patriot movement as we know today, especially with the Alex Joneses and the uh, and the Jack Bloods. They're they're uh, they're at the end of their rope. People mm-hmm. are seeing they're seeing the little man behind the curtain, like in the Wizard of Oz. Sure. They're getting a glimpse now at the phonies, and I didn't realize this. I, I didn't realize how prevalent it was until I left RBN. Actually, I was you know I was fired, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I got so much response, so much email mm-hmm. from different people that listen to the show supporting my position. Because the bottom line is, no matter what these people say regarding 911, regarding Oklahoma City, all the good information they bring out, if they don't defend free speech, we have nothing. If we can't exchange ideas on the radio, mm-hmm. in public, 
in the town square. If we can't do this legally, we're going to be in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. That's what these patriots don't understand. It's not about being divisive. They accuse me of being divisive because I bring on white groups. Well, yeah. my God. <laughs> my God, don't they have a right to speak out as well? I'm just I'm looking at this from a point of view. Let's be fair. Do mm-hmm. white people have a right just to express their point of view, their point of view, their opinion? That's all this is. Yeah. The founding fathers didn't all agree. You had uh, Hamilton, who believed in a strong central government. You had Jefferson, who believed in uh, giving more power to the people. So mm-hmm. they didn't agree, but what they did agree on, they needed to break away from England. And they all got together and did that. But they didn't agree on everything. So the white groups, they don't agree on everything. The patriot movement doesn't agree on everything. But somehow we need to realize what side the bread is buttered on. You cannot take back this country, restore the Constitution, all the things the patriots want to do. You cannot do that without the white movement, without white people. it's It's like trying to start a Chinese restaurant and having no Chinese people in there cooking the food or serving the food or anything. How do you support how do you support American Indian culture if you hand over the entire culture to Frenchmen? What do Frenchmen know about the American Indian culture? Mm-hmm. What do blacks and Hispanics know about white European Western culture? They know nothing about it. There's no historical memory. And the thing is, they're taught to be aggrieved. I mean, you can see very plainly, and you see this in black college graduates even more than regular blacks, is they are taught that whites are evil and whites have dispossessed them. And and they will openly say, yeah, you white people are afraid that when we take power, we're going to treat you unjustly. He's like, yeah, you're right. They're going to they're gonna use every possible advantage they can to run us into the ground. Oh, we're sitting here talking about individualism. You know, I sure appreciated your having me on the show when you were on there. And, and I think that it's very clear, I mean, not just from website ratings and the rest. I mean, we've been around about five years. And uh, ordinary people have absolutely no problem with the stuff that we're talking about here today. And, in fact, most of them will agree with what we're saying here. It's just that there's this tiny elite that controls the country that is primarily composed of Jews and what we would call race traitors. They set the agenda, and nobody dares to go against it because the minute you do, you get fired or, you know, you're not putting enough dollars in somebody's pocket. But, but the interest and, and the belief is out there, and it's just going to take people standing up and saying, look, uh, we need to fight back. And we may disagree about how to fight back, but I'd say we fight back as a race that is beset by other races, most of which have been leased on us by the Jew through the civil rights, so-called. One of the best ways to fight back is to just have an open arena or, or venue where people can exchange ideas. We mm-hmm. have to maintain this line of communication with all the different groups. If we lose it, then we're really going to be in dire straits. Well, Peter, I agree with that, but I, I think it all follows from the ADL's model uh, on the Holocaust. They say we will not debate the Holocaust. And, and you say, well, wh- and you know, the reason is that they don't have facts to stand on. And, but, but yet they control the high points and they can force their non-debate into the uh, into the public and so they they anything that that model is just followed across the spectrum they say whatever opposes us is hate and that's that's how it's treated and you know i I talk to reporters all the time we put out our newspaper they call up i say can't you ever deal with any of the content of any of the stories in the paper i mean you're 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 blaming the messenger for telling you about stuff that you guys won't report i mean horrible rapes and murders and uh they don't care it's just hate was distributed or discriminating deliveries and this is the model that all the media follow, and the only way we all have to get out any counter-message right now is the Internet. Let's hope it stays open. Yeah, that's the question. How do you negotiate with people who are completely um, working or, or completely convinced that free speech is a bad thing? How do you well, negotiate with someone the, like that? How do you, when the people who control society have no interest in free debate and every interest in shutting you down, and they control the high point. That, to me, seems where we are. And they, their ability to intimidate people is just extremely impressive. Free speech is a pretty passive principle. It's more or less hands-off, let people say things, um, and being I, I, big, big enough not to be offended and perhaps taking yeah. what's, what's useful and leaving what's not useful. 
Um, it's very passive, but how do you deal with an aggressive minority uh, that is intent on shutting down free speech at every opportunity? Well, that's a good question. I know, you know, without giving you a solid answer, which, you know, would take a whole show to go over the whole laundry list of things we should do or we could do, all I'm suggesting at this stage of the game is that it's important for your group, uh, VNN, to discuss these issues in public. It's important for all the different white groups to discuss the issues in public. And it's going to get to a point where white political groups have to put some of their differences aside temporarily for the bigger picture, which is the survival of the white race and Western civilization. This is so important. It's so crucial. You're, you're talking about going back, throwing away 2,000 years of science, art, history, uh, just our founding, our forefathers that, that died and created this world for us. They mm-hmm. gave it to us, said, here, here's this beautiful thing we've created for you. Don't screw it up. And what have we done? Not only have we screwed it up, but we've given it away. We're giving it away piece by piece to the highest bidder. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, we're just giving it away because it feels good to give it away. Because for some reason, we're guilty about something. I don't know what it is. I'm not guilty. Yeah, yeah, I exactly. Have slaves. That's I great. had no slave. My family had no slaves. Yeah, well, I, I would even say, even if your family owned slaves, why feel guilty? I mean, the, the 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 slaves owners kept the blacks in line, and in a lot of ways, it was better for the blacks. Well, I would just say, you know, obviously, it, slavery was bad for white people. <laughs> it's certainly better for black people today. The ancestors yeah. of the slaves today have a much better life here than the ones in Africa. And some of them have even acknowledged that, like Keith Richburg for the Washington Post. A couple others have gone over there and said, thank God my ancestors were dragged over here as slaves. I think Muhammad Ali said that. When, 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 they're, when they're candid, they'll admit that. Go ahead. I Eden. think it's important to realize that freedom of speech is not a given, but it is, a, like you said, Peter, a gift uh, that, that has to be sustained and protected by uh, the elite or the governing bodies of our culture and our race. And if we've been contaminated to the point where we can no longer protect free speech, uh, then we've lost that gift that our ancestors uh, fought to give us. Ages, I think free speech is simply a product of a minority of white males. I I don't think that Jews are anti-free speech completely. It's a totalitarian racist cult. Blacks take any kind of free speech as, you know, you're dissing me. They don't want any disrespect, and to the extent they have power, they're going to suppress any kind of criticism of them. It's, it's a elite of white males who understands that, look, this is a, a technique whereby we can bring out the ideas, we can see what works, and go forward. It, it only works if it is kind of passive, though, in a sense, as you said. The natural thing is to suppress with an iron fist anybody who talks against you. It's only in this white flowering where we can allow other people to have their point of view and come together as a society because we know that we're the same kind of people. We have certain basic things in common. And and so we can allow some criticism, but when you get this mix of people, you, it goes lowest common denominator immediately. And the media well, is just full of you know non non political speech. It's all it's all sex and stuff that anybody can understand. It's and and the adult questions are off the table. Yeah, well, it's a progressive idea, and it's also uh, uh, let's say an evolved idea. It, I'd say it's free... aesthetic too. Yeah, through it, free not... speech, you evolve. Yeah, it, it, it's necessary for a lot of things, but I really, truly believe most people, it's not in their bones to, to allow other people to speak freely. And I've seen this. I've seen it in college. I've seen it. I thought it might be different in the real world. It's not any different. It's the same thing. That These tiny, aggressive, aggrieved minorities will absolutely suppress your speech if you're critical of them at all. They demand respect. They show you none. None. Well, and an they try to make you feel guilty. And I, like Peter said, I don't feel guilty about anything. We're not guilty. Like we say here at Goyfar, we are the good guys, and we got to fight. It's not enough to be right. you got to fight. I think Hitler said that. Well, in, in another example, that we've got three, what, how many people? We have three people on the line here, four people in the studio. Uh, yeah. Byron's there. Is Byron there? Yeah, I'm here. Byron Yost. <laughs> There's Byron. Byron yeah. and uh, Alex and Aegis and myself. We don't all agree. 
let's face it, we all have, I'm, I bet you on a lot of exactly. ideas, we're, we're polar opposites. But we can sit down here and discuss these things and agree on certain basic principles, certain issues that are, are macro issues. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm talking about. We yeah. don't have to agree. We don't have to walk in lockstep together. When I was on your show, I didn't say, you know, this proves that Peter is one of us or thinks exactly the way we do. They can't even tolerate the basic idea like, look, we're on here, we're discussing this. People may have their own feelings, but we're talking about it honestly. We're not pretending we believe something for this or that reason. I purposely had you come on because I know a lot of the, uh, the callers, a lot of the listeners to my show don't agree with you. They take, mm-hmm. a lot of, uh, they take a lot of issue with what you say. I wanted to give them the chance to ask you some questions. Sure. I didn't want them to... I didn't want them to come on the air and attack you, but mm-hmm. I wanted them to ask some serious questions and challenge your position. So mm-hmm. you can show people if your ideas are sound or if they're not sound. Simple as that. I judge people today by their ideas and their actions, not the label that somebody puts on them. Because somebody says Joe Blow's a racist, I don't care about that. Mm-hmm. What are his ideas? What are his actions? That's what we should be looking at. Yeah, and I, I honestly believe, Peter, and I think your experience proves, we've always said there is no intelligent opposition to white nationalism, and that means they're all afraid of what we say. We say this, we defend it with logic, evidence, reason, whatever, and, you know, oh, that, then, then all of a sudden you see where the real controlling power in society is. We say, you know, look, you can't have all this constitutional stuff unless you have the race that produced it. It came out of a certain context, of a certain type of race that had been raised a certain way, evolved, came together, put out this constitution, and you can't just, you can't just take people willy-nilly from Asia, South America, and Africa, and they're going to all live as, as constitutionalists. No, it doesn't work like that. So we're pleading for biological reality to fit in here and for people to say, look, you know, you can't bring the knife of individualism to the gunfight of, of racial conflict or ethnic group conflict, and we need to fight as whites. Say, look, we want to live in our white society where it's civilized, normal, middle class, leave your door open society. We don't want to live where you've got to bar your windows and your neighbor doesn't even speak your language. America never voted on that either. We never got to vote on, you know, throwing down the barriers with Mexico and letting all the Mexicans in or yeah, subsidizing black. blacks with affirmative action. Americans are always against those. So yeah. it's, it's largely affirmative, a charade. Affirmative action is something that is not discussed very often. This is one of the most important things to discuss, in my opinion. This is, this is the apparatus that was put in place to disenfranchise white people. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this is creating a fake land of opportunity for immigrants and minorities. This is, a, this is an apparatus used to prop up unqualified people in the positions of power at the expense of people that are qualified, and in many, many, circ- in many, many instances, they're white people. White people are not allowed in certain colleges. They're not allowed on police forces, uh, fire departments, simply because of the wrong skin color. Mm-hmm. This, this is absolutely insane. And this, this did not occur prior to uh, affirmative action. In, in most urban centers, Los Angeles especially, People were judged by their abilities. Blacks weren't allowed in certain jobs because they didn't have the ability. Not because somebody said, I don't like that man, he's black. This is, this is the myth. The myth is white people hate the skin color black. They don't mm-hmm. like black people because of their skin color. That's not the case at all. The majority of white people that I've encountered dislike black people because they're dangerous. Not because of the color of their skin. Yeah. Just like Asians. Asians have a different skin color. They look completely different from white people, but whites have no aversion to living near Asians because Asians are not dangerous unless you get with some Vietnamese groups. They're mm-hmm. very dangerous. But Chinese, Japanese, for the most part, are not dangerous people. So Americans have no aversion. White Americans have no aversion to Asians, whereas blacks they do and Hispanics because they are violent. They are dangerous. That's all it is. It's not about skin color. Quote the DOJ statistics about that. You're a hater. <laughs> That's insane to, to, to have an emotional statement about 
facts. These are merely yeah. facts. They're numbers on a page. How do you get emotional and, and, and get angry about that? Yeah, see, and that's why I think this touches upon the myth that our elite, uh, the people who are scripting uh, these these bodies uh, of legislation like affirmative action, that these people are actually uh, white wasps um, that are scripting this. This is where we get into the, the Jewish involvement uh, of of restructuring our society in an inherently counterintuitive way, a way that limits our our uh, rights uh, and and uh, diminishes um, our prosperity. Definitely, Zionism and 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 Jewish leadership uses the race issue to keep us off balance and to keep us fighting with one another. Absolutely. I know that uh, they really got affirmative action entrenched under Nixon. I know it was a a Jew who wrote the uh, the main policy there. I think his name was Rosenberg or Rosenblum. But yeah, it's it's pretty widespread. It seems like to me they're basically they're keeping a few whites around to do the work, but you know all the all the cushy jobs and the rest of it is is going increasingly affirmative action and not just to blacks and stuff, but to networks of uh, lesbians and homosexuals uh, who are nepotistically hiring one another. I know that's big out in Hollywood also. And, and, you know, as one Jewish private employer said, you know, I only hire Jews and, and gays and women. And, I mean, we saw, I don't, Peter, I don't know if you saw RTA3 or read it, but we have a report that we had, based off of some work we'd done online, and we checked out American law schools, and the top ten are basically, they employ pretty much 50% or slightly over Jewish law professors. So the, the entire elite of the American legal system is, is uh <laughs> If they're not overtly Jews, they're completely exposed to the Jewish mindset. It's just astonishing the control that this tiny group is able to exert. And then you ask them about it, like we asked this Volok at uh, uh, UCLA, well, Jews just start, study harder, they work harder. Well, when they were a little minority, when they first came into this country and they were only overrepresented by about ten times their population figure, they would claim that it was white racism keeping them out. But the minute that they get in the top position, they, they claim, no, we just work harder than you do. It's not our racism or our ethnic chauvinism. It's just we're, we're harder workers and smarter than you are. And it, they're very extremely brazen and arrogant about it. But I, I've never seen anybody talk about Jewish control of law schools and the, and the fact that has in relation to the power in this country. You know, there's a lot of lawyers on VNN Forum, which we encourage you listening to join and discuss this, uh, who uh, they, they well know about this from law school. And and they're and I and I guess that partly ties back to what we're talking about in that they are trying to get rid of free speech by basically saying that thought and speech are the same as behavior. And the ADL even held a contest a couple of years ago, and one of the Protestant uh, preachers talks about this online in relation to the uh, the hate crimes laws they're trying to pass, where they had a contest in which they they were asking people to I think it was write uh, like a model hate crime statute that could be imposed across the U.S. and and that's what they want essentially is to you know, if you think these thoughts, that inherently makes you a criminal. It's no joke when these are the people who are teaching our elite in, in the top ten law schools. And, of course, the rest of the law schools follow that. Right. All of these counterintuitive tendencies that, um, you know, could be considered insane by if, if someone, let's say, from our ethnic group was carrying them out. Um, become very rational once mm -hmm. you begin to view events uh in a Jew-Gentile um, or by a Jew-Gentile lens, then it becomes very rational what they're doing to us. Yeah, well, it, it's impossible. I think it's impossible to see. This is, Peter can comment on this, but unless you look at it under an ethnic lens and you say, look at competing groups and how they're trying to battle with each other for position, there's really no way to understand it. Like what I just said about the law school, if you look at that from an individual point of view, you know, you're, you're going to say, oh, yeah, the Jews just try harder. They're just smarter. But how can that be true? How can a third of Harvard be Jewish except it's a political decision? They could fill Harvard entirely. And I'm not talking law school. I'm talking about their basic class. They could fill it entirely with white Gentiles scoring 1,600 on the SAT if they wanted. So it's a political decision to give Jews a third of the slots or 25% of the slots, the same percentage as white Christians. Nobody ever discusses that stuff. So I just don't think individualism as a whole is a, a, can get anywhere against this racial stuff that's got going on. Well, I, I believe that, well, first of all, let's put it out in the open. Uh, anyone who believes that all of these other racial groups 
are not working together uh, for their individual race and the interests of their individual race. They're badly mistaken, and they've got their head in the sand. Uh, the Jews in Hollywood, and I've got a lot of experience working out there in the uh, entertainment industry, and I know Byron has a history as well in the entertainment industry on in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. The first thing a Jewish person will ask you when you get a job with that Jewish person, if you have a, a Jewish-sounding last name, they'll ask you if you're tribe. They refer to you, <laughs> are you tribe? <laughs> That's the first thing they ask you. I, I got that. Actually, when, when I first started doing my uh, editing internship in uh, Beverly Hills, the the editor that I was uh, assisting, uh, that, that was the first thing he asked me. He said, uh, are you a member of the tribe? I just looked at him. I'm like, what tribe? Wrong, wrong answer. Cherokee, <laughs> Cherokee Nation. <laughs> this is not a, this is not a conspiracy theory. This is the way Hollywood works, and this yeah. is what yeah. people don't realize. They don't, I, they I don't mean, understand the depth of this. It is absolutely racial, 100 percent, with Jews. If you're mm. part of the tribe, you'll get promoted. You'll get the good slot. That's what they do in Hollywood. Just look at any major motion picture. See how many Jewish names you see up there in the head spots, in, in, in the head mm-hmm. spots, director, producer, executive producer, so on and so forth. Their domination, is, and I saw on the other coast when I was in D.C. as a lowly intern, you know, uh, typing out checks to writers that I'm like, wow, Jews are 90% liberal, and I'm typing out checks, and half of them are going to Jews. You know, and you're like, how, how can that be? And you come to see that, you know, intellectual discourse in America is a bunch of Jews babbling among themselves. And the rest of us, we're like, uh, uh, I'm descended from farmers in the Midwest. You know, I don't have any connections in publishing or, or movies or anything like that. And you're like, wow. And you, you quickly come to see that I have, I may not agree with them, but boy, I sure have a strong incentive not to oppose them. They're just extremely well situated to dominate American society. And that is, in fact, what they do. And, and it's and kind they do, of they do the same thing, and they do the same thing in the legal profession. It's yeah. the same thing in the legal profession. Oh yeah, and legal, and, legal I mean, and and the banking. What do you think New York City is? Well, and look at look at who's quoted as, as, as the experts in media. I mean, I would bet you if you totaled up the analysts, you'd find pretty much the same that about somewhere between a third and half of them on TV are Jews, or else they're married to Jews. And these are the people who are it, it, being Jewish is like a universal kind of a degree or accreditation or. Or backstage pass. I mean, they're they're the ones who cite each other. They hire each other, and they they will take in goyim as as a uh, as fronts, and they'll take in goyim who agree with them. But uh, if you're opposed, wow, the door is slammed shut. And uh, that's how I would interpret Peters being fired by Republic. I would say that I don't think Republic's. I don't really know who runs it. I don't. I guess it's Statmiller. I don't think he's a Jew. But you know, th- there's this line of Semitical correctness that you dare not cross. The mainstream is afraid of the patriot position, but even the patriot position will not will not go to the full extent of opposing. That, that would cut off even the limited money that they have for their advertising. It's just like everybody thinks the guy to my right is a Nazi, and I better not go there. I'm the very limit of respectability, and just the fear, the fear that pervades all these supposedly free and independent institutions, you know, the ones that use the eagles and the American flag. Why are they so fearful? Why is it only whites who do not fear? We don't fear to have Peter on. He didn't fear to have us on, and you you see what the result is, as you know, as we saw. And uh, it's only the white nationalists who can speak openly because we proclaim what we actually believe, and we say that we're willing to take on all comers. In addition to that, uh, the other racial groups, and we we'll, we'll use the Jews as an example again. They stick together as a tribe. That's how they've made so many inroads and have been so successful in our society. There's nothing wrong with that. That's fine. But we, as a group of white people, should be able to have the same rights. We should be able to stick together as a group if we choose to do that and not Mm -hmm. be ridiculed, not be ostracized from society. And that's exactly what's happening today. I think that is either, let's say, maybe even a, a Christian position. But we see in the world of real politics, one is up. The other is down. One yeah. wins, one loses at the expense of the other. So the Jews are up and we're down, and that means we're getting the shaft, and they're calling the shots. 
that's exactly right, Age. Peter, I would ask you, I mean, what, what incentive do Jews have to treat us fairly in the way that you think they should as individuals? I, I see they have no incentive. Well, absolutely not. There's no incentive at all. The, the only thing that protects us is the fact that we are the caretakers of this society. Now, if they're going to split the caretaker's throat, what's going to be left is a society based on a Judaic law. Mm-hmm. That's what the world's going to turn into. That's going to be, and they, that says so in the Talmud. The Talmud mm-hmm. predicts this will happen. They say the world will be thrown into such chaos that they will be begging the Jews to fill the void and, and give some kind of law and order to the mm-hmm. world. That's what they're hoping. They want to see a, a revolution. They want to see all of us fighting each other. We have, a, we have Western civilization as our legacy. That's what we have. That includes Christianity. That is, the, that is the mortal enemy of the Jew. Jews hate Christianity, and they hate Western civilization. And mm-hmm. they, are, they are determined to bring it down. And the only thing we have protecting us right now is the fact that we have a thing called the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and we have laws that rise above racial differences. But the problem is we have an uninformed public, we have an illiterate public, but we still have people that understand this and see the hypocrisy when you have a station like RBN who says they believe in the Constitution, but yet they fire, they fire me because I'm exercising freedom of speech on a supposed uncensored radio station. Mm-hmm. People still see the hypocrisy of that because of the Bill of Rights and the Constitution. Mm-hmm. If that didn't exist, then I guess it would just be a bunch of warlords vying for position. But that's what the Jews want. The Jews are more organized. If we... Yeah end up having chaos in this country in civil war, the only order will be the Jewish order. And that's just going to be, uh, again, that'll be like, uh, we'll be a slave race. And they'll be the masters. Simple as that. And that's what mm-hmm. they're going for. It's in their Talmud. It's just all, it's like a blueprint for the new world order. That's what I was taking to task. All the talk show hosts mm-hmm. on GCN and RBN, I would tell my listeners every day, Ask your talk shows, ask Alex Jones, ask Jack Blood, ask those individuals why they don't give the names of the New World Order. Who is the New World Order? Who is the Illuminati? Who are the Rothschilds? Well, they're Jews. What are they working for? They're working for a New World Order with Jews running the world. Yeah. They they even have a plan that was predicted back in 1962 in an article in Look Magazine with a Minister of Israel at the time, Ben Gurion, and he predicted that they would move the United Nations to Israel, to Jerusalem, and build a Supreme Court of Mankind. Now, if that's not a blueprint for yeah. a New World Order, I don't know what is. That sounds threatening and frightening. I'll take it a step further. Hugo Chavez just spoke to the UN a few weeks ago, and in that speech, he, he suggested moving the U.N. to Jerusalem. Hugo Chavez. Huh. The leftist down there in Venezuela. Well, we know the Jews are over in Europe also at that OSCE trying to draw the United States into a web of international organizations and treaties that will allow them to ban the First Amendment. And we've seen non-Jew goyim water carriers say, look, the, the problem we have with hate is the, is the damn First Amendment. I've seen people in both England and Germany cited saying, we've got to get rid of the First Amendment. Then we'll have this seamless international web of uh, anti-hate or love, I guess. And, and that's what they're driving for, to make this, this kind of a show. This kind of a show, and I, say, I know I say this every show and it's re- repetitive, but it's nece- I, say, I repeat it for a reason. This show would be illegal to produce in Germany, in England, in Canada, uh, probably Australia too, because we're simply describing what minorities, which are really the 92% majority, and the Jews are up to. And so we need to aggressively assert our freedom and defend people like Peter who are, are fired because uh, the, their bosses are scared. They, they, want the, they want the marketing benefits of the flag and the eagle, but they don't want to stand behind what that actually means. And what it means is, you know, you've got to give your life to defend that. 
Exactly. I think uh, it's not, important. Not fire people because you're, you're afraid, you know, that you're going to lose some marketing dollars, which isn't even true, as he said. You know, when you have people like us on, I mean, people want to hear what we have to say, and they don't disagree with us. And yeah. They know that white people have a right to defend themselves. That's just common sense. Right. And they know that we're under attack as a race, too. Yeah. So I mean, it is important to have the idealism of libertarians and also, you know, want to have the fruits of our culture, which is basically what libertarianism is about, is enjoying the fruits and trying to perpetuate them. But we can't just perpetuate the fruits of our culture and our race uh, with words and appeals to moral uh, authority. We have to preserve it in the streets. We have to preserve it in this world with dirty politics, if need be. Uh, we got to get our hands dirty, our feet dirty, uh, and and uh, and, and uh, work. Aegis, that's very well put, and that's what we saw in Toledo with so, some some men. Uh, no matter what you think of the symbols or the way they dress, they're trying to at least make an attempt to stand up for white people who are being abused and ethnically cleansed from their own homes. And our government won't do a damn thing about it. I'd like to ask our own reporter, Craig Cobb, to maybe make a few calls and start harassing the, the FBI and the uh, Department of Justice and the fair housing state bureaucrats and ask them why these people aren't standing up for these, these whites in Toledo who have these, these niggers, you know, sticking stuff on their porch saying we're going to drive you out of the neighborhood. Why doesn't the media talk about that? Where's the state bureaucracy? Where's the goddamn feds who step in the minute that they think any black person is getting discriminated against? That is the absolute outrage of what's going on in Toledo. In addition to that, uh, <laughs> that's just the, that's just icing on the cake. I mean, what about all the innocent white women that are raped, gang raped by mm -hmm. my, by non-whites and minorities that you never even hear about? Do you want to talk about a hate crime? If that's not a hate crime, I don't know what is. Where is now? Where are all the women's organizations? Good Where point. are they on this topic? Uh, well, Peter, we, I've just got a question in from uh, Craig Cobb. Unfortunately, uh, we couldn't have him on the show at the same time as uh, you, but uh, he sent me this question, um, and I quote, uh, Peter, why is every white school kid in America inculcated with the longstanding badness inherent to the named white man? even as Jewish cultural strategies may not be openly considered. Have Jewish intellectuals taught our people this, mandated it? He's asking you to comment on whites being collective, a collective negative, whereas Jews are, are not even acknowledged as a group pursuing interests. How does it feel to be a modern-day mini-Jesus for Jewry? Me? <laughs> he I, means you specifically. How, how, do, how do I feel about that? Yeah. To be a, a modern-day Jesus? Um, a modern-day mini-Jesus for Jewelry. That's what Craig uh, asked. Uh, well, I guess he means being publicly Sacrifice. crucified. Yeah, yeah. publicly ah, crucified. Ah, okay. I don't know what to tell you. I I don't really put much thought into this. <laughs> when I, when I, I have a set of values, I have a set of ideas, and I try to stick to those ideas. And mm -hmm. as a result, sometimes good things happen. Sometimes bad things happen, but I believe this is the secret of, of, of any successful group is to have a set of ideas that you stand by. And don't deviate from these ideas. Mm -hmm. Don't get weak need because people are criticizing you or because you're getting hate mail or because you're not selling enough uh, snake oil. That's not mm -hmm. the issue. The issue is you believe in something, stand up for it, and tell people about it. And if people like your message... They'll join you. But don't try to change your message to get more people. That's insane, and that's what's happening today in the patriot movement. Today yeah. they're trying to mold their idea and their message to attract more people, like the Republicans did with their so-called big tent philosophy. And this is absolutely the death of any movement. Stick to your values, your ideas, and, and if people like them, like the ideas, they'll, they'll come to you. But don't mm -hmm. don't be the uh, don't don't try to be everything to everyone. Don't try to be vanilla ice cream. That's just uh, insane. That's what's happening. That's the patriot movement in a nutshell. They have no they have no ideas. They have no message. Their message is the end of the world's coming. Buy this uh, uh, new uh, health food to prevent radiation poisoning. 
Mm-hmm. It's insanity like that. It's just all a big marketing thing. And you're seeing a bunch of hucksters coming down from the Northeast and the East Coast and moving to Texas to be part of this big money-making scam known as the Patriot Movement. Well, are you saying Republic has got a bunch of Jews behind it? I don't know if they're Jews. I just, I'm just saying that people that run these networks are not from Texas. They came here specifically to get involved in the Patriot Movement and what I've seen of their actions. I'm judging them only by their actions. Mm-hmm. They have not furthered the cause of patriotism. They have not furthered the, furthered the cause of the goals of the Founding Fathers. But what they're doing is they're selling a lot of gold and silver at inflated prices. Mm-hmm. They're selling a lot of videos. A lot of uh, They're getting a lot of uh, free press, and they're getting a lot of uh, exposure on Art Bell and places like that, making some money here and there, and mm-hmm. ripping people off just like evangelists do. Yeah. It's the same thing as a TV evangelist. I don't see any difference. Opinion marketing. Yeah. Fear mongering as well. And they seem to have as a big meme that the idea that uh, we are being divisive by talking about race. That's one thing that I don't agree with uh, patriotism on, and it, or the patriots on. It seems like they're deliberately misled that way. It, to me, racial conflict is is inherent. Wherever races are like subspecies of animals, and they inherently conflict, and that can be masked for a while. And as you said, you know, some groups can get along a little better. I mean, but but still, I don't want to live around Asians any more than I want to live around Mexicans or blacks. I may not fear Asian violence so much, but whites are still different culturally and requires no defense to say, look, we want to live on our own, among our own people, and we don't want these Jews taking down the immigration and mixing all these races. Well, it's too late in the day to worry about that. We've already got that even out here in the Midwest, in right, the middle as, of the uh, country. But As Professor McDonald said, before the, the immigration laws were passed that changed America, we were a consensual experience, which meant we had a lot less internal strife and hatreds. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's a lot about what we are. Uh, well, you know. Aegis, I think everybody listening to this would rather live in a white, middle-class country where you don't have to lock your door. And that's how America was. Actually, I'm even too young to really have lived. I just lived a little at the tail end of that. But you talk to anybody who is older than, say, 40, and you ask them whether America was better in the 50s than it is now, and you will have a very hard time finding a non-Jew who will say that America was not a lot better, say, before the assassination of Kennedy than, than it has been since. It, it's becoming a mess. It's becoming a, a northern Brazil where you have to guard your every movement and lock your car and lock your house and worry if the next guy you meet in the streets going to shoot you. And he, even if he doesn't, he probably still doesn't speak your language. He has different values. He's a different race. And thanks, Jews. Thanks for making America into a shithole. In, in, in well, a lot of places it is. Some places it's still decent, but but everywhere gets TV, and TV is the ultimate expression of Jewish values. Yeah, we're getting to the point where even if you say something like that, you'll be uh, labeled a hater and maybe even throw it in jail. Yeah, you print any of the facts about it, and you're a hater, and, and they call you from all these little papers, and what's it like being a hater? You know, or wh- Why are you delivering these evil papers to our doors? I'm like, I'm just telling you the truth about what's going on, you know? I'm reporting the facts that you won't report. What's so er, the idea of free speech? The idea that there could be anything differing from the agenda is just lost. Brainwashed, conditioned masses, almost completely. Well, in addition, in addition, I want to add one thing. Just because you want to defend your own racial interests and your own cultural interests, doesn't mean you hate anyone at all. It just mm-hmm. means you want to. You want to defend your racial and cultural interests. Just like you love your family, because you love your family doesn't mean you hate your neighbor's family. It just means mm-hmm. you love your family. That's all it means. Yeah. And this is what we have to get over. These labels are killing us. We have to get over the labels. We have mm-hmm. to start judging people by what's coming out of their mouth and their ideas and their actions. I agree, but I, I don't see them putting the labels away. They're extremely effective, and, and they, they really do close off people from listening to what some of us have to say. And I think that as long as the Jews are in power, 
if you're opposed to their agenda or even hint in that direction, you're going to be called a hater. And if they can, they're going to put you on trial, made up charges or something else. But right. um, appeals to authority go only to so far. At some point, there has to be a, a concrete movement to to remove them uh, from from power. They're not going to reform based on our being honorable. If they 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 have. Look, this is the way I look at it. Jews could live among us and be a very helpful minority. They could be, you know, intelligent on average and, and be very well networked, and they could use that to help the majority. But they, they hate us. They're, they're not us. They don't think like us. They don't value the same things. They use their power and position to abuse us and to teach our kids in classroom that we're, we're descended from this evil race of haters. Well, we're the ones who built all those law schools and those other schools that they filled up and, and complained. You know, it's like... Why didn't we build these schools for their benefit? You know, and now that they're in control, well, they discriminate like hell against us and our kids. And, and they're a tiny, sick, vicious, nasty minority. And we have to defend ourselves against them. And we defend ourselves by proclaiming we are a race. The Jews are our enemy. We're going to fight them. You take the conventional, like, okay, we're all in this as individuals and we all want something better. If you look at it from that point of view, I mean, that's what allowed them to, to take power. And, you know, the, the, the funny thing is, is when Jews came to this country, they could have lived as a, you know, as a separate uh, ethnic religious group in, in peace, and nobody would really care. But mm-hmm. because of their paranoia, you know, they felt uh, the need to um, wreck the country by opening the borders. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I mean, they, pretty, well, much as, pretty much as soon as they got off the boat. They also had the opportunity to assimilate like the Irish and the others, but they didn't. And and no one no one ever was attacking Jews in this country. No, there were never you know anti-Semitic riots and pogroms and people killing off Jews. No, it was completely open to them. They may have been socially looked down on, but you know so what. But Just you know like they, the they, Irish or the Polish or, or Italians or whoever whoever else first came here. Yeah, their their ethnic their genetic paranoia has has kept them close and tight and driven them to the top of American society, and they were using that position to commit genocide against us. And unless we fight back as a race and say we're not going down with the ship, America, we're, you know, America is just a name of a of a country, and it may have a decent past, but countries come and go. But the race that gives birth to these countries can also come and go. But we want to make sure that it doesn't go. And so we are selecting out from this Jewish system that encourages you know whites to mate with blacks and 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 devolve. No, we're saying we're going to protect our own germ and we're going to go forward. And we're not going to be affected by, by Jew-contaminated America. Unfortunately, the, the Jewish Talmud teaches the Jewish leaders, the rabbis, to behave in this kind of manner. This, this has been going on for thousands of years because they believe ultimately that they will be the rulers of the earth. They believe mm-hmm. this. This is in their Bible. They don't, yeah. they don't read the Bible that we read. That's why you don't see any of the Jewish groups down at the courthouse protesting removal of the Ten Commandments. You'll never see that, because they don't follow the Ten Commandments. They follow the Noahide laws, mm-hmm. and the Talmud teaches them that ultimately Jews will rule the world from Jerusalem, and everyone else shall be their slaves. The non-Jews will be slaves, and they believe this. This is what people don't realize. This is not hatred from white people. This is hatred from Jewish uh, Jews. Mm-hmm. They the, believe they, this. They have to control the media to, to, to keep the facts that you just cited from being widely known. Hence, Goyfire. all you have to do is all you have to do is pick up a Talmud, look in it, and you can read exactly what I'm saying to you. There's no yeah, but, secret. But Peter, where are you going to find a Talmud? <laughs> well, that's tough. <laughs> you, can, you, can find them, you can't find them around, though. But <laughs> yeah, I know. Very, no, but you're absolutely correct. It is absolutely, if, if a Jew catches a Gentile reading a Talmud, they're supposed to, uh, I don't know, they're supposed to strike the, the goyim or... It's probably a death penalty. <laughs> it's like a death, it is absolutely like a death penalty in, in their Talmud. It's a, yeah. it's a death penalty, Absolutely. and they don't—they don't have these Talmuds down at your library. You probably have to get the Sunsino edition for three hundred bucks, or I think some of—I think it is available online. And, and what he says is absolutely true. I mean, yeah, they're, all the goods of the world are going to come back to Israel, and they're going to run the world out of Jerusalem with maybe a side office in New York, and they're going to make every—they wreck nations, and, and and the rest of us are just going to be mixed into one gigantic cauldron of of 
you know, Asians and Mexicans and blacks and whites and become a nasty, you know, uh, tan mixture, tan every man. And, and we don't want that. And I think, uh, you know, it's funny, as, as Peter said, this has been going on for thousands of years. I mean, I read something the other day from some German back in like 1848, and he's like, he, he said exactly what we could say today. He's like, you know, you can't get word one of criticism of Jews into the media. They're just, uh, they're extremely hypersensitive, and you just, you, you can talk about everybody else, but you can't talk about them. Well, we need to be, <laughs> if this has been going on for 150 years, then somebody on our side has not figured out. We have to put together a program and a team and a, and a, a side and fight back so that <laughs> we have our own media and we have our own country in which, you know, these people are known as a hostile enemy, and they are absolutely hostile. And they're right. aggressive, obnoxious, and, and just pathetic. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah, you know, like Volok you know, at UCLA. The wealthier, the wealthier people of our race have to start realizing that if Jews are allowed to make these systematic changes uh, to government and uh, educational infrastructure and whatnot, that at some point, whatever that wealth they accumulated is going to be worth squat, uh, either them or for their prosperity, because... Uh, hey, just that's you know, right. That's and, right. And that's why they have to start and mo- mobilizing now. I, I encourage them to understand. If you're putting, you're a conservative out there, you're a white guy, you want to preserve what you got. Okay, that's understood. That's, that's rational, reasonable. But if you want a political system that's going to protect your private property and your wealth, but more importantly than that, I hope you believe, your own kid's future, we are it. Not the Republicans. Don't put any money in the Republicans and the fake opposition. Put it into white causes like VNN and Goyfire. And also, uh, Peter, why, this is a good place. Why, why don't you, uh, we know, know that you're back up on the net. Why don't you tell people where they can hear your show these days? Uh, my show is going to be on the uh, Turner Radio Network. That's www.turnerradionetwork.com. And you can go to my website for more information. My website is shankradio.com, shankradio.com. Now, I had some people contact me uh, when I was fired from RBN. Uh, Hal Turner contacted me, was gracious enough to allow me to use his network to broadcast my show. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with all of Hal's views, but I do agree with one thing, and it's an important thing, and that is he believes in freedom of speech. He's not going to censor me. He's not going to tell me what kind of guests I can have on my show. He's just going to let me use my hour of time and do with it whatever I want to do with it. I give him credit for that. Peter, uh, we, VNN gives Hal, credit, uh, Hal Turner a lot of uh, credit, too, and we're very glad that you're back on the air. We only wish that we, we, we don't quite have the facilities to offer you something like that, and I hope we will shortly in the future and be able to do live talk radio and the rest. But the important thing is that you're, you're back up, you're running, and, and that was uh, you gave him your website, Shank Radio? Shankradio.com, S-H-A-N-K, radio.com. And how often are you doing shows? I'll be on five days a week. Uh, it'll be um, 6 o'clock to 7 Central Standard Time. I can only recommend that you also uh, podcast your shows so that your listeners in Texas uh, can have the uh, chance to, to download uh, your programs off the Internet. Uh, we've been making great strides in that area as well and uh, have, have really increased our listenership through those channels. Well, I'd like to explore all of these avenues. I would definitely like to, uh, you know, work with you fellows down here at CNN and, of course, uh, have you on my show and interview, mm-hmm. interview you on my show. I'd also like to come back on your show again if I'm allowed. I always wanted to uh, have you on here and talk about the, uh, even before you're fired, and just talk about the nature of the patriot movement. It's important that people understand that part of the Jewish plan is setting up sort of false opposition that, appears to be opposing the system but actually perpetuates and sustains the system and that we uh, whites who do genuinely support freedom of speech are the the real opposition and i I think we've got some real insight today into this is kind of the the matrix and how it works and what little pieces and the minute you cross this line it i I think what happened to you basically confirms everything we've always said on vnn 
that when you touch the real powers that be, boom, that's when you get politically electrocuted. But, but the good news is that you're, you're back up, you're still going, you got lots of support. Certainly all of us here at BNN support you in what you're doing, and uh, yeah, we'll be happy to have you back. Thanks a lot, fellas. Yeah, Peter, thanks, and uh, until next time. Thank you very much. God bless you all. Boy Fire is a production of the Vanguard News Network. The Aryan Alternative. News and views for whites you won't find anywhere else. The Aryan Alternative is a print publication of uncensored news for whites. Be the first in your neighborhood to distribute news without the Jews by ordering 100 copies for $12 through the Vanguard News Network. Visit GoVNN.com for ordering information. The Aryan Alternative and the Vanguard News Network. No Jews, just right. Vanguard Radio, waking you up.